0: Hello and welcome to the African Tech Roundup, episode 83, for the week ending Monday, November 14th, 2016. This is where we round up the week's most important tech, digital, and innovation news from across the African continent. My name is Andy Lemasugu, glad you could join me. Some of the stories we'll touch on this week include. The Kenyan ride-sharing service Little expanding to Nigeria and Uganda. A South African blockchain startup called Nine Needs landing investment from the UNICEF Innovation Fund. And Vodacom planning to launch a new VOD service. That's all ahead. But first, in our sponsor segment this week, we'd like to remind you of all the convenient ways you can access the content we produce here at the African Tech Roundup. Uh, That's the weekly African Tech Roundup podcast, which, of course, is what you're listening to right now, the African Tech Conversation series which features in-depth chats with leading figures from Africa's tech and innovation scene. A new season of that will be coming up pretty soon, so look out for that. And, of course, the quick tech chat series, which features brief and some not-so-brief exchanges we have with tech pros currently working in the trenches of Africa's tech industry. The latest of which, of course, is an interview I did with uh, Iroko's very vocal, always interesting founder and CEO Jason Njoku and you'll find all this content at africantechroundup.com as well as on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher or any other good podcatcher out there when you search for African Tech Roundup and African Tech Conversations. Of course do yourself a favor and sign up for our weekly newsletter to have all the latest podcasts sent straight to your inbox. With all that said it's on to this week's news. First up, it does seem that the recent IoT-related DDoS attack that took down Netflix, Yahoo, and others hasn't done much to dampen corporate enthusiasm around investing in the development of IoT infrastructure, at least as far as South African tech companies is concerned. Now, a privately held South African telecommunications company called Dark Fiber Africa, uh, or DFA, has announced a partnership with the French multinational communication service provider Sigfox to build a national IoT network. Now, this follows MTN and Vodacom both announcing their plans uh, to roll out shortband IoT networks uh, in the last week for both consumer and industry applications. Now, I guess they're all trying to position for a future where uh, their sensors and SIM cards and pretty much everything, uh, you know, from the buildings we work and live in to our home appliances and, of course, in our cars, which is pretty much becoming standard uh, in many car models being manufactured for markets abroad now. DFA has formed a subsidiary called SquidNet, which will oversee the deployment and operation of their network nationwide. And they plan to distribute IoT connectivity services and solutions through channel partners. Now, we're talking plans that involve 1,850-odd sites uh, being deployed nationwide within the next 18 months. They're saying it will, quote, complement the IoT networks that MTN and Vodacom are said to be ready to deploy as early as next year. Now SquidNet plans to make use of unlicensed radio frequency spectrum and uh, they'll be targeting primarily the asset tracking, predictive maintenance, logistics and security industries. So heads up Johannesburg, Pretoria, Cape Town and Durban because SquidNet plans for their network to be ready for use in 2018 and those are the cities they plan to roll out to first. Now staying with South African news, the country's largest fixed line telco, Telcom, has reported a 20% rise in first half Earnings. Now, we often give large tech firms a rough time on the show, uh, trying to keep them accountable and so on. Uh, But it is important to point out when they do get some things right. Now, it seems that under the leadership of CEO Sipo Masego, Telcom has managed to offset the decline in their fixed line business with growth in their mobile unit. Now It seems they've also made some excellent capital allocations in the past six months, spending just over $253 million in connecting homes and businesses to fiber networks. Oh, and then, of course, there's a small matter of containing costs by shrinking their workforce uh, from 21,000 three years ago to just over 12,000 today. See what they did there. They kind of just swapped the numbers, and thought we wouldn't notice, you know, the two and the one. Uh, <laughs> overall, I'd say uh, job well done. Uh, it's nice to see a parastatal doing well for a change. The South African government uh, does indeed own thirty-nine uh, percent of Telkom, and they'll no doubt hope Sipo Masego can keep this performance up. To Nigeria next, where Kenya's little uh, plans to prove to Nigerians and Ugandans that it is. The little cab service that can. <laughs> now, come the first quarter of 2017, um, they plan to launch it to those countries. Now, little in case you aren't aware, is owned by Craft Silicon uh, as well as Safaricom. And despite having the might of Safaricom to back it up, they're very much the underdog when you consider what they're up against in the form of Uber. Now, side note, Safaricom is doing extremely well at the moment, by the way. Um, just taking a look at some of their results for the half-year ending uh, September 2016. They recently reported a 32.4% increase in net income and profit. And of course, it's the first time in their history that their non-voice services raked in more than their voice services. That's pretty impressive too. Anyway, back to Little and their plans for growth. Now, Craft uh, Silicon is committed to growing Little into other markets. Uh, they do, after all, have A presence in something like 45 countries around the world and they're not content to stay in Kenya just because Safaricom isn't in other regions. And I do think they have the chops to make it work too because in Kenya their entry into the ride-sharing market has led to Maramoja Transport and Uber both slashing their fares to protect their turf. Uh, Little has also introduced some interesting innovations that we've covered on the show before uh, like the ladybug ride category with female drivers for women who who prefer to be driven by other women. Uh, They also let users who who have feature phones hail rides using uh, SSD codes, and they even allow riders to make payments using M Pesa. Well, little, let's see what you've got, buddy. Uh, Uganda and Nigeria line weight. Another Kenyan tech firm planning to grow outside of the country's borders is one called MOOC, and that's spelled M O O K H. They're basically Kenya's uh, answer to Shopify a payment gateway and social e-commerce marketplace tool, which helps merchants, you know, basically sell online and on social media. So they have launched in Namibia. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of a random country. I don't know why I'm laughing when I say Namibia, not because I don't think there's anything happening there. I think, you know, it is particularly funny. In fact, it's quite a beautiful country. I've been there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not a country one thinks of immediately when they think of, you know, um, expansion. And perhaps that's a good thing. Um, and perhaps MOOC have chosen it for, for that very reason. Now, MOOC is reportedly planning to launch in two other countries uh, over the next uh, couple of months, but they haven't said which ones just yet. Um, they also said to be in talks uh, with investors to raise modest amounts to, to fund their growth aspirations. So good luck to them. And um maybe tell us what you think tell us what you think of the kenyans doing business in your midst give us a shout on twitter at african roundup now staying with news out of Kenya, the Communications Authority of Kenya has cut the cost of television signal distribution by 60%. And it's said that this decision comes in response to a modeling exercise conducted by a company called MS Analysis Mason on behalf of the CAK and that work began in 2015. Now the exercise was uh, aimed at reviewing the existing business signal distribution framework that Kenya was using and Uh, It took into account market conditions as well as global best practice. And so surprise, surprise, their findings, whatever they were, uh, led to this decision to basically slash, you know, what broadcasters pay for distribution to to broadcast, basically. And so given improvements in web penetration and, and how the trend towards mobile first and mobile only content consumption is well and truly underway, I guess the Communications Authority of Kenya is trying to give the traditional television industry, one less thing to worry about in view of, you know, the decline they're experiencing in viewership. It's pretty much a situation of either we ease the pricing structure or basically help traditional television broadcasters move even more speedily to the <laughs> to the cliff edge we all see coming. So the, the CAK has um, chosen to do the former and of course the rates will be effective from the 1st of December 2016. Now, in South Africa, Vodacom has recently made a couple of interesting announcements. One of the more interesting ones would be the fact that they plan to launch a VOD platform early next year. Now, it's called, wait for it, Vodacom On Demand. (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, they're calling it VOD. Yeah, it's not arrogant at all. Now, uh, (laughs) uh... They'll be doing this in partnership with DSTV, Showmax. And later next year, they'll be partnering with Netflix as well. So basically, the platform they're launching uh, through the web and via iOS and Android apps will be open to any serious uh, content partners who'd like to reach Vodacom's massive client base. Now, remember, uh, Vodacom is South Africa's biggest mobile network. And I can't imagine there are too many uh, folks who wouldn't want to give it a go with them. Unless, of course, they had plans to launch platforms of their own or they've been listening to this podcast and they realize that a massive consolidation is coming and they don't want to be left behind. So uh we've been talking about this inevitable consolidation that's bound to happen, at least in our view um, here on the show uh, between major content players and, and telcos, uh, not least mobile telcos who are currently feeling the pinch given, you know, um, all the revenue they've, they've had to, you know, kiss goodbye as uh, data takes over from voice. And so, one wonders if this whole, you know, partnering thing might result in monster acquisitions like like the deal in the US where AT&T, you know, bought Time Warner, which by the way hasn't gone through, um US lawmakers still have to decide whether they're okay with that. Um but yeah, this is all speculation at this point. Uh for now though, uh Vodacom plans to offer content on both a subscription and transactional basis, offering both streaming and uh downloading options. They're basically hoping their partners will exploit the third-party integration potential that their platform provides. They've already said that they'll be integrating DSTV's DSTV Now catch-up service. And they're also planning to take on platforms targeting... uh, more low-income to mid-level income earners. Uh, Those are platforms such as MTN's recently launched Pocket TV platform. We covered uh, the launch of that some weeks back. Now, Vodacom is planning to refresh their Video Play app uh, and um, aim that at prepaid users. Now, Video Play would would feature mostly local content with delayed downloads that take advantage of the idle time on the network. Each piece of content is delivered within an hour at a, a low fixed fee. That includes the cost of the data. I can see how that could be appealing to um, someone hard up on cash. Um, they do plan to incentivize signups for both services by allowing subscribers to buy data more cheaply in the apps than they would if they bought it you know, straight off their phone. So let's see how this goes and let's see if this uh, trend catches on. Let's see if this trend leads to more substantial consolidation, perhaps mergers or acquisitions that I fully think as the market matures are inevitable then later this year the youth focused international media group trace tv which you know it's crazy to to think that they didn't exist 10 years ago it's quite a feat what they've achieved in such a short amount of time well they're looking to consolidate on their status of being the number one urban network outside of the u.s by launching an SVOD platform called Trace Play. Now, we reported on these plans when Trace bought Boonie TV earlier this year, but we didn't quite realize just how ambitious Trace's plans were. Now, according to Trace's co-founder and CEO, Olivier Lauchet, uh, who I got to rub shoulders with, by the way, at uh, Discop Joburg, uh, Trace Play will be available in English and French in 100 countries. Now, that's quite a, a rollout. Trace Play will be UK-based, They'll be regulated by Ofcom, and they plan to include Trace's total offering, encompassing its existing suite of linear channels. They're also aggressively expanding their original content lineup by commissioning new series, both uh, on the continent and abroad in the US, Europe, and the Caribbean, which of course is where Laosier is from. Good going. Um, Certainly looking out to see how well this does. This network certainly services one of the most uh, coveted demographics out there, and it'll be quite interesting to see how well they do but moving on congratulations to the south african blockchain startup nine needs for representing the continent by being one of the first five companies from around the world to land funding from the unicef innovation fund now nine needs specializes in bringing together blockchain technology as well as identity technology to improve on management systems for the delivery of early childhood development services. Back in February, UNICEF launched a $9 million innovation fund for startups in emerging markets who are developing solutions with the potential to improve the lives of the world's most vulnerable children. And the other four startups who drew investment uh, along with nine needs are from Nicaragua, Bangladesh, Cambodia and Pakistan. So once again, well done. And so finally, in international news, I need to address the elephant in the room. And uh, his name is Donald Trump. Now I'll do that by posing a question to all of you, particularly if you listen to the show in the u s so here's the question: What or who did more to help Trump become America's first citizen? Facebook with all that fake news floating about on the platform, uh allegedly reinforced by algorithms that are set to amplify voices Facebook users want to hear or. Julian Assange and his not so subtle anti Hillary agenda, complemented, of course, by that insane arsenal of damning WikiLeaks. Tell me what you think on Twitter at African Roundup or via a post on Facebook.com forward slash African Tech Roundup or email hello at African Tech Roundup.com. And that's nearly it, though. This week's African Take Roundup is brought to you by the Quick Tech Chat series which features brief and some not-so-brief exchanges that we have with tech pros currently working in the trenches of Africa's tech industry. Now, there's a killer interview I had with Iroko founder and CEO Jason Njoku uh, that's recently been posted, and it's definitely worth a listen. You'll find all those chats at africantechroundup.com in the quick tech chats playlist, as well as on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other good podcatcher out there when you search for African Tech Roundup. And so that's the week's show, folks. I do look forward to having you join me again next week. And to all of you attending the third annual African Angel Investor Summit on November 17th at the Landmark Center in Lagos. Have a blast out there. I'm gutted I couldn't make it out this year. But there's always next year. For now, I'm Andy Lemasugu. Until next time, do take care, Africa.